Christ. Morning prayer begins on page four of the prayer book. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouths to show forth thy praise. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all God. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Psalms 128 and 129, beginning on page 506. Blessed are all they that fear the Lord, and walk in his ways. For thou shalt eat of the labors of mine hands. O well is thee, and happy shalt thou be. Thy wife shall be as the fruitful vine upon the walls of thine house. Thy children like the olive branches round about thy table. Lo, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord from out of Zion shall so bless thee that thou shalt see Jerusalem and prosperity all thy life long. Yea, that thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Many a time have they fought against me, from my youth up, may Israel now say. Yea, many a time have they vexed me from my youth up, but they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, and made long furrows. But the righteous Lord hath hewn the snares of the ungodly in pieces. Let them be confounded and turned backward, as many as have evil with that uh, evil will at Zion. Let them be even as the grass upon the housetops, which withereth afore it be grown up. Whereof the moor filleth not his hand, neither he that bindeth up the sheaves his bosom. So that they who go by say not so much as the Lord prosper you. We wish you good luck in the name of the Lord.
Here beginneth the fifth chapter of the book of Exodus. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now and you make them rest from their labor. So the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard false words. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out, and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will give not give you straw. Go get yourselves straw, where you can find it. Yet none of your work will be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. Also the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today, as before. Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make bricks. And indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle, idle. Therefore you say, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore go now and work, for no straw shall be given you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, You shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron, who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, Let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to kill us. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, neither have you delivered your people at all? Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Here endeth the first lesson. Together, Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Here beginneth the 35th verse of the first chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. But someone will say, how are the raised, dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Here endeth the second lesson. Together, Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, 
which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech the Almighty God mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, 
but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. Our lesson from Exodus this morning um, illustrates, I think, an important spiritual principle that will help us understand the spiritual life uh, better if we embrace it and see it. Um, as namely that, you know, you, Moses has been called, he's been sent uh, to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, and God's armed him with all this power. And so the idea is they're going to go say, okay, you know, in the name of God, let us go. And Pharaoh's going to say, okay, you know, you're right, I was wrong, uh, you're out of here. And instead, Pharaoh resists, and actually the, the power of evil, as it were, metaphorically, becomes uh, stronger in, in its grip on Israel. And by analogy to the spiritual life, oftentimes we, um, we see some evil we want to overcome, and this is a good uh, sort of point for Lent, and we think, okay, well, God's power can conquer this thing in my life, and okay, in the name of the Lord, you know, take this away from me, and we pray, and then, you know, two weeks later, we're still wrestling with something, or a half a year later, and, oh, where's, where's the power of God in this? And and, you know, uh, maybe, and then a lot of time, people in the Christian life give up because the initial enthusiasm, the, the reception of the promise of victory by faith in a moment when God comes to us is followed up by uh, an increasing experience of, of evil being entrenched in our lives. And this makes the point that the conquest of evil is a protracted battle in which you must hold on to faith continue to trust. And in fact, as in this story here, the conquest of evil is occasioned by our growing weakness. So sometimes we think, well, God's power will conquer it, but we really think, well, I'll try a little harder and get it done. And it's often the, the reality that as we are brought to a period, a place of greater surrender in our lives, we understand just how powerful the evil is and just how um, powerless we are to conquer it, that God's power becomes um, stronger in us. I think of St. Paul in, in 2 Corinthians where he prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to go away, and he was told, well, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And it's also true sometimes that we're, we're trying to pray to conquer um, some visible circumstance and what God is really doing is teaching us to trust him more <clears throat> in the midst of it. So sometimes we, 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 you know, the initial thing doesn't really change, but we're brought to a period of greater, a place of greater surrender. And so um, we should not be discouraged as, as the Israelites were when God's proclamation of victory follows, is followed by a season of evil's greater, you know, power over us. And it's a lesson to persevere in prayer. Uh, to, to believe in the victory that God has given us. And this is why faith must be matched by perseverance. And it's why in the parable of the sower and the seed, you know, the initial enthusiasm of faith must, you know, is, is falls away if in time of temptation it falls away, if we don't persevere in it. And so eventually we know that as, as God, God's faithfulness here is going to result in the exodus, uh, a miracle beyond, I think, the imagining of 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 the people. And so if we persevere in faith, 
um, God's power in us is going to result in a, in a victory that's beyond our imagining. And that takes us over to our New Testament lesson, 1 Corinthians 15, where St. Paul is wrestling to describe the resurrection because people are saying, well, the resurrection, you know, it's stupid. Well, how, how is this going to work? What body is the resurrection like? And so he uses some analogies to nature that, you know, different things in, in uh, nature have different kinds of bodies. And there, are, there are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. I think maybe the most useful analogy here is that the analogy of the seed to a tree that that you sow a seed and it's this little thing you put in the ground, but later on it's this giant oak. And so somehow the seed of the spirit planted within us in baptism received by faith contains in it uh, the all of the, as it were, spiritual DNA for the, the eventual glorious body that will be ours. And um, but it comes in its order. And so he, the important for the analogy to our or the connection to our story in Exodus is it's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. So now as we live the Christian life in this world and are brought to, to recognize our human weakness and trust more in the power of God, that's actually the method by which God prepares us for the res resurrection. <clears throat> and this is something I think that we ought to be aware of in the human condition, even especially in the aging process and how our culture is so contrary to the to the sort of the essence of the New Testament, because we're such a youth culture, you know, and, and people pretend they try to hold on to this youth. And yet the process of aging is part of the grace that God gives us to teach us to let go of the temporal and embrace the eternal. Um, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. And therefore, when we encounter weakness in various areas of our lives, though, though we, of course, we want to, you know, exercise and in a temporal way, you know, take care of our bodies, but learning to yield um, the temporal and embrace God's eternal and his work in us. That's a grace of aging that our culture rejects, but we in the church should should push back strongly against that. And we should embrace that weakness that through which God works his power in us, our greater surrender means the resurrection can work all that much more powerfully within us. And so in Lent, we're, we're especially at this stage of Lent, where we might be wrestling with whatever we're, disciplines we're having, it doesn't matter how you're doing, whether you're successful or unsuccessful. What matters is how you're learning to surrender to God's power. And it may be the big thing you learn in Lent is you weren't as strong as you thought you were and you're fast, you haven't done as well. That's a lesson. Now you can learn to trust the power of God all the more and still be very prepared to uh, celebrate the Easter feast with, with new joy. So, a few thoughts about today's lessons. Continue with the prayer for all conditions of man on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways done unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit and the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. We'll pause here for everyone to remember their intercessions.
that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings. And a happy you should of all their afflictions, and this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Gather the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, then unworthy servants, to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And to beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, but giving up ourselves to thy service and the walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Also, want to note before we close, um, please remember uh, Father John, uh, Rachel, and their family in our prayers. Uh, John's father, Richard, uh, passed away yesterday. Um, he had been suffering various things, so we pray for him, the soul of Richard, and his soul. And the souls of all the faithful depart, their mercy of God rest in peace. May light perpetual shine upon them. May they rise again in glory in the resurrection on the last day. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Great to be with you today. Um, have a blessed Wednesday of fasting and prayer for mission. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Thank you. thank you for letting us know about Father John. Yes, thank you. Mm.